Welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process, a podcast where Bachelor superfans and sisters, Alex and Sarah, discuss all things Bachelor Nation, typically with a glass of rosé in hand, our two true passions. So sit back with us, sip rosé with us, and enjoy the journey with us. Sorry, oh my god, I almost almost just burped. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm having kind of like a night. (laughs) I was just telling Alex I was like in fetal position on the floor, like (laughs) just like bad stomach cramps. I had too much salami. (laughs) Oh, that'll do you in. That'll do you in. Well, yeah. Thank you for, for showing up today yeah. your ailments um, I know anything for you guys <laughs> <laughs> um so we are uh chatting hometowns this week yeah yeah again we have these hometowns where everyone has to come up with some activity that they would have done back in their regular hometown oh my gosh I'm so excited to fit in Farmington Pennsylvania <laughs> I am so excited to hear because you were you were so disgusted by the cardboard cab in uh, the Zach. No, it wasn't even that. It was like it was like the fact that a day in New York was like, let's get bagels and go to Broadway. <laughs> That's not what you said. You said that you were like, oh, this cardboard cab is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And Tasia now you're claiming like the, it's a basicness? Tasia thought it was like the funniest thing that she was like pretending to hail a cab and it like was not funny. But again, we've talked about this. As long as her and Zach find each other hilarious, that's all I care about. All that matters. All that matters. Um, oh my gosh. Sarah and I, um, we just wanted to issue a warning for this episode. Um, we were talking a little bit offline before we started recording about how it's really, really, really hard to talk about this season um, without the greater context. And the more that you delve into the greater context, the more that you are become vulnerable to spoilers. Yeah. So it's hard and just in terms of covering this episode and everything that's been going on in Bachelor Nation, we do want to provide as much context as we possibly can. And because of that, uh, unfortunately, this is going to be a spoiler episode. Um, so we want to respect you, purists. Um, if yeah, not this. If you're, you know, want to go in completely surprised at the end. Of course, all the rumors are just conjecture. We don't know if they're true, um, but we will be chatting as though they are. Um, so specifically about like the end of the yeah. season and even like some picks for leads beyond mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so um thank you for joining us uh, <laughs> uh we say goodbye right now. yeah if you want if you want to if you want to sign off literally no hard feelings we will yeah. be fine well, we no. understand <laughs> but we ra- yeah we won't know anyway um but we did want to yeah just just note up top um yeah. Okay. Sorry. 
Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> okay. Hey, you guys, now that they're gone. <laughs> Let's talk hometown. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, this is ultimately a pretty actually normal, like, hometown. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. Um, well, it was interesting. Um, it, a couple things that I think we should just note up top um, before we, like, actually get into the nitty-gritty. I think um, Chris Harrison's screen time was notably limited. Um, yeah, so they said that they're trying to, like, edit him out as much as they humanly can. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily actually have a feeling about that either way. What seems the most kind of glaringly uncomfortable for me mm -hmm. is that the, and I understand that Chris Harrison represents the show, mm -hmm. obviously, and that's why he does need to leave. It, like, it, absolutely. But I'm having a hard time, like, the, the, the fact that, like, the show, ABC, mm -hmm. is not acknowledging what's going on at all. It's, it's kind of been filtered through Chris Harrison, and it's like, I don't know, I we were texting today, and I was like, maybe, like, a disclaimer, I don't know if that's, like, really the right word to use, but, like, there needs to be some acknowledgement of what's going on and you know like we said it, it's it's hard to to do that without i think spoiling and like looking ahead and talking about what's going to be next and all of that but they yeah that's kind of what's been hardest for me right now it's like not hearing from the talk sorry yeah well that makes total sense and i think it just like goes to show that they they wanted to take a step forward but they don't want to take responsibility for their wrongdoings um yeah. and i i don't know I, I it's it's really bizarre that we haven't heard from them because yes they like the network is the home of the show <laughs> and they they it's of course their responsibility to say something and then it's so strange because M matt in a great way um released a statement basically yeah. criticizing how the show has hand like has systematic problems um that have harmed a a lot of the contestants and the the few bipoc leads of the show um and it's interesting to sort of watch a lead step out of solidarity with a show but i was really appreciative of it not that it's mine to be appreciative of but i think you know it's just another it's just another thing to point to that the show has outgrown its infrastructure and yeah well i mean the lead like you said like the lead disconnecting himself from the show makes a, is a hu huge statement in itself just the fact that he spoke out regardless of what it said like that's it's clear that this is an ongoing problem. And, you know, we talked about this last week. It's not just fixed with like throwing a black lead in it, like at a diverse cast, like even like the Hollywood reporter 
just like released an article this week too about like talking about the at bachelor data on Instagram and like she she does a deep dive into screen time and she's like this might have been our most diverse cast ever but the screen time doesn't represent that like the BIPOC contestants are getting significantly less screen time yeah than the white ones and that shows that the people behind the camera are are likely um white like and yeah they're showing stories that they relate to exactly yeah um so we we talked about it a little bit last week but in order to in order for this show to move on responsibly massive overhaul needs to happen like we need to pull out the dead roots and um it just sort of needs to exist as something different and that's new execs new producers new staff new casting directors like lit new host no host whatever just completely yeah maybe even like i was even thinking like even updates to the concept maybe in a way like i don't know what that looks like but getting harder and harder like let's just take this season for example um like to be a show that's like supporting like women support women and like have someone like becca kufrin on and like she's got all of her gal pals and then like have a season where we are just watching women rip at each other like tear apart at each other like even that has been really challenging (laughs) yeah this has been a really tough season to watch for so many of those reasons and a lot of (laughs) what's really really hard right now and this goes to the spoiler fact is matt most likely picks rachel like yeah that is what the spoiler blogs have like have put out there and Unfortunately, we are watching a man who has no idea what we've witnessed now have to go through this process. So he is also, we like, we're just sort of watching him like, you know, blissfully fall for these women, Rachel in particular, and he doesn't have the knowledge that we have. And it's it's awful, really, really hard to watch. and if they do end up together, which I. They're like- reporting now that Steve, reality Steve said today that they have broken up. Yeah. That they end up together and they have now broken up. Mm-hmm. And, and then even beyond, like Katie was supposed to be the bachelorette mm-hmm. and they even started casting. They were ready to start filming. And now I heard Reality Steve say this on Kate Casey's podcast. Um, it's probably like like they're that's not confirmed anymore because they're like we like we don't know how they're gonna like they don't they don't know how they're going to just like have a regular season with like a white bachelorette and like what like all this stuff. So quite frankly, it's a it like it's a mess and it's exactly what you said, Alex. It's because we've got people at the top who are not taking responsibility and are not owning the mistakes of this show yeah like and it like even to say like a you know the the regular season with the white like like it shouldn't that shouldn't be like that shouldn't be yeah regular and i think um 
You're right. I shouldn't have even have said that, but you're right. It's that's not that. Yeah. That's like insane that that's actually what I just thought. And it, <laughs> but that's because they built an infrastructure where it's, yeah. you know, it's only white people who are allowed to, um, make fools out of themselves on TV, um, yeah. try and find love. Um, so I, uh, it's like, ultimately I don't, yes, it needs a massive overhaul, but like, I think the show sort of what you were saying earlier, like it needs to figure out how it's like, I don't, it needs to figure out what it is moving forward. Like, yeah. I, yes, of course it's within the best interest of the network to keep it running as like the trains running, like continuously, um, the bachelorette tends, bachelor, bachelorette tends to lead in the numbers Monday nights. Like the numbers are still really good. So it's financially within their best interest to keep going. Um, but it is only gonna get harder from here. And they, I, I think they should take a break. Like I think- Yeah. Well, I don't- Air break incest rebuild. I agree. Like I don't wanna watch them scramble through a paradise. Mm -hmm. Like I don't wanna watch, I don't wanna wa watch them try to like, figure it out as they go along. You're right. It needs to stop. Mm -hmm. It needs to, I almost hate to say, like, I don't want to talk about people losing their jobs. I almost said like clean house, but I mean, it's hard. Like I, it cannot exist the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And they need, and they need to, they need to own something. They like, yes. Chris Harrison needs to take responsibility. He is the face of the show. He has been since its inception. But the show, ABC, the network, they need to take ownership in like creating this. It's a systematic problem. Weird. He is he is the embodiment of the problem. Um, yeah. That said, uh, let's let's chat about these uh, these dates. It was I, I'm assuming. So the one part that we did get out of Chris, from Chris was when he announced to the women who they were going to be seeing from their family and they all cried. Um, yeah, I know. So sweet. Was the, is this a court? This has to be like a quarantine cry. Like I miss my mom and dad so much. Like, right. That has to be because we don't really see people get that emotional on, on previous seasons. Yeah, but they're not typically like told who's That's gonna true. see. They get to like go home first and like get a manicure and like a haircut and redo their highlights and stuff. Like <laughs> they get like a moment to kind of like regroup before The Bachelor comes. And this is like, this is just like, your parents are literally in the other room. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that Bree's baby sister was a legit baby oh legit baby yeah no she's <laughs> about that on her I guess I month. yeah I guess I totally missed that um <laughs> okay do you want to just go through them all we ha we have Michelle first oh yeah. my god I was obsessed with this date yeah we've said it before I think it still holds true like again we know at this point it's pretty clear Matt's gonna be picking Rachel but like Michelle seems like the obvious pick for him, just in terms of like, they goof around, they seem super into each other. They both 
have like similar interests and similar hearts. Like it just Both they make sense. So good with kids. Like I, yeah. he is really good with kids. Like and he was taking the hits, and he had such a good sense of humor about it. And the kids so obviously love her, and we're so excited to be yeah. a part of this. Not only because, like, yes, it's cool to be on TV, but you could actually feel the love emulating from them. And there was a sweet letter that that little girl wrote talking about how much she loves Michelle. I, it's her last name, Young. Yeah. Okay. Wait, my what grade, grade is this? I don't know. Yeah. What grade was it? Because I remember my, my second grade teacher was a miss, not a missus. <laughs> and I remember like caring about her and like caring about her life. And like, I don't like it, like it kind of like took me back to that. And like us being like, do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was like obsessed with my third grade teacher, um, Mrs. Solly. And I used to, we had like reading hour and I just remember I would, I would always have like those Mary Kate or um, the, not the Mary Kate, uh, the Michelle Tanner books. Like, and it's like, like the, do you remember like the full house book series? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would always read those books. And then I would like go up to her during reading time and being like, I just want to let you know what happens in the Michelle Tanner book. Like I know <laughs> you're dying to know, <laughs> like just us really out discussing <laughs> fine literature. It was amazing. And I just remember she was so pretty and she loved Winnie the Pooh. And I just so badly wanted to be her best friend. And when you have like a young, pretty teacher like with young like so and who's very nurturing like there's a lot of like oh we are you are my best friend (laughs) you are yeah yeah totally totally like just such a like a mentor I guess mentor is probably not the right word but just someone that you look up to like a role model a role model Mm -hmm. yeah this was really this was really really sweet I I think that Michelle's feels the most ready for marriage too like she just seems the most like ready for it I don't know why um but she really likes him well we like have a firm grasp on actually what her career is um you know it and uh I think she's a little bit older she's like certainly more self-assured than I think we've seen these other ladies be yeah she's just sort of quietly confident and doesn't really need to engage in like the house drama, at least that's what, at least that's what we see. Um, So I don't think that she, I think you're right. I think because she's a freaking woman, (laughs) she is. Yeah. She's like, not like a child. Yeah. (laughs) She like takes care of children all day at school. (laughs) I just wish that Matt, I think that's something that Matt does value like in a person and ultimately wants for from a partner, but I think so much of why he probably ended up picking Rachel. Again, this is like total conjecture. I'm assuming it's because he knew that Rachel wasn't ready and he deep down knows that he is also not ready. Yeah, I know you totally could be right. All right, well, let, let's talk about her date. Mm-hmm. Um, she has them jump out of a plane that's literally duct taped together. Like, did you notice that? 
I did not. I, that's what I was like, I texted you and our friend Meg, friend of the pod last night, forgetting that we were on different time zones. And I almost was like, why is this plane duct together? I was like, oh, wait, 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 we're on different. You guys haven't watched yet. But it, like, the inside was just like, tape (laughs) um this was really scary these are just further reminders of why i could never ever have gone on this show because i wouldn't have done it i just wouldn't have jumped out of the plane and i actually was laughing a little bit because matt was clearly terrified and he's like rachel how are you feeling she's like no yeah i'm good and he's like really okay (laughs) uh this was one they teased this fall like a few a few times um she goes down so hard and she also goes down first like I was like did she break her neck or something like it looked like her neck it was such an intense looking fall and then she was just kind of like oopsie daisies like it was cute how concerned he was about her but she didn't seem concerned (laughs) Yeah, I hope she's okay. I genuinely, I don't want, like, I, oh, I did not like watching that fall on the teasers. I did not like watching it. I don't like the sound of the fall. Like, I don't like that stuff. I'm pretty I don't sure even... it was a Foley, Sarah. I don't think, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's a dubbed sound. Like, I don't. I don't even like hearing, like, um tackles in football. Like, <laughs> I don't like that sound of like bodies getting hit. <laughs> ASMR. Um, let's her, watching her family was particularly hard, um, especially in conjunction. We didn't really talk about it with Michelle's family, but um, Michelle's mom and dad were just like so incredibly loving, and I loved the, the how warm her mother was, and you know she had this conversation with Michelle, like, "Do you see how he?" he treats me like that's what you deserve and what a beautiful model and gift for Michelle you know that she has that support system whereas Rachel's was it was incredibly challenging to watch for all of the reasons that we've stated the context I was also got the impression when she you know we we met her mom and dad and you know she talks about how she had this rough fall and her mom was like yeah why didn't you bring me? I was like, I don't think this family talks about feelings. Like, I I know, I I know. I got the same. It was interesting to see all three girls had instances with their families where it was super honest, even if it was like a really hard conversation, like they were all very honest with each other. And yeah, I didn't get that here. Like I, it felt like Rachel and her sister are like kind of, like on their own when it like yeah when it comes to their like emotions and all that stuff like there is not a lot of like yeah like you said there's not a lot of like sharing of that kind of stuff sharing is the is my... the uh, is w- what we got from this yeah date. it was like and it was also in general just like pretty down the middle like it was you know the dad just being like well you know you seem nice but there's four other women here like it's just sort of those stock things that we get yeah I mean, I, I don't feel like I necessarily learned anything more about Rachel. Not that I have, I know anything about her at all other, you know, than what she, yeah. like troubling things that she participated in, but I don't like, 
who is this person and who is this family? Like there's, yeah, I think it like speaks to what we've been saying this whole time. It's like, we still don't know anything about her. Like we still don't know anything about like her and Matt's relationship. It's just them telling each other how attracted they are to each other. Like there's no depth and it's most likely just from the very short date that we witnessed because it seems to be her dynamic at home. Yeah, certainly. Um, we did get one thing and it was like, it sounded like a Frankenbite. Like we didn't actually see her say it to the camera. So I'm not exactly sure when it was said or, but she, she mentioned how she was upset that Matt didn't ask her father for his blessing to marry her, which A, I was just like, what? You guys want to get married? You don't even know each other. <laughs> I was just like, that also reveals an old school. Um, yeah. Like, well, he had the, he had the conversation with her. Mm-hmm. He was like, I know you wanted me to ask your dad, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to do that with four families. And if the time cr- comes, I will call him. And yeah, you're right. I think it's like that to me said that she had told him before. I need you to ask for my dad's blessing. And yeah, exactly. It speaks to just like an old school mentality. Yeah. And also I love Matt that he, cause we see this like dog and pony show every time, you know, Colton in particular, I'm getting, you know, acid flashbacks of him, like going to every single father and like, like robotic being like, hi, you know, if I were to ask her hand in marriage, would we get like, would I get your blessing? Hi, if I were to ask your daughter. Yeah. Like it was consistently. And it was just so disingenuous and it was so like hard to watch that. Like, I really respect Matt that he's like, yeah, I'm not going to, that I'm not going to ask for crazy. It, Especially because at this point, like the lead has to lie to all the families anyway. <laughs> you know, like he probably yeah. knows gonna pick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone, but I really like Matt. I I know, I know that he's not the best bachelor. I can recognize that. He's super produced. He has to be, he doesn't know how to do this, he doesn't know what's going on. But time and time again. <laughs> He just proved to me that he, like, is a good person. And, like, I think that that speaks to it. I think generally, with with the exception of Rachel, is an incredible judge of character from what we've seen from the types of women that, like, he's have kind of, like, been up at the... T- I mean, the, the three remaining women, Michelle, Brie, and Serena P, are just so, like, such incredible people. Like, I... We know from his, you know, personal life outside of the show, like he keeps very good company, you know, Tyler Cameron, <laughs> Hannah Brown, like good uh, genuine Hannah Brown is questionable, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, he does seem to have a lot of character himself, which is. Yeah, I, just, I really like him. <laughs> he, he gives everyone too much validation, although I do not think that he gave anyone any sort of validation, maybe other than Serena P during these hometown dates. Well, yeah, and Charlie sent, I don't like, Charlie sent me a, a, a note, like a speak note. <laughs> what is oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
where he was just like, Matt wants the girls to stay so he can dump them rather than being dumped. And like, maybe. I don't know. I there might there I, there might be some truth to that. Uh, should we talk? Yeah. Brie, before we get into the the drama of Serena P. I think Brie he gave the least amount of validation to in multiple situations during this episode. But um, gosh, I really like her. I liked like their off roading thing, and I loved her and her mom. Like, I just loved them. I, they were so great to watch. I felt like I was at home with them on the couch, like, after a hard day. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, a straight-up closeness uh, that they have, because I feel like, you know, it, it's been them against the world, <laughs> you know, for, yeah. uh, first, you know, Breeze growing up. I also thought it was funny that Bree's friend, was also best friend was also named Brie. <laughs> I know. I really oh, liked all of this. Like <laughs> I was I kind of thought this was like, wow, yeah, like if I was going through this process or like just like dating, like I feel like, yeah, that's who I'd want to talk to, my best friend and my mom. Like I I just thought the whole her like family moment warmed my heart more than anyone with the baby and yeah her relationship with her mom and just having your best friend there I mean oh my god that's huge it's one thing to like have to go talk to your parents and be like oh I'm really like into this person but like to talk to your best friend that's like a big deal you, you get to have your best friend there yeah that is a pretty big deal I didn't even think of that because you're getting a different kind of perspective that like a sibling or a parent wouldn't necessarily give you exactly um, yeah, no, I think that's super great. It was also just really sweet to, they have a genuine connection based on the fact that they were both raised by single mothers in particular. And you see them like, that is that is like the deepness of their connection is this shared experience. And I feel like in another life and in different circumstances, like this couple could really work. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mom knows though, she knows. She mm. was like, Do you love her? And he's like, uh. <laughs> I respect that he No, again, I respect that he he was so honest, I feel like, in this whole episode, which has been a change of pace outside of just like you're amazing and I love you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I think if anything, maybe the mom like Cause he was like, I know that's, he's like, I'm giving you honesty, not insurance. But I, as a parent would respect the person who is being honest <laughs> rather than say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in love with your daughter and only for them to pull the rug out from underneath them, you know, two weeks later. So I, yeah. I like, I would just be like, oh yeah, they would have a good shot at dating. You know, maybe they would like, or maybe they would yeah. like, six months and be like, okay, well, I think, you know, I'm going to do my thing over here and I'll do my thing over here and shake it off. And they'll be like, what a nice, what a nice little relationship that was. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay. And then last, but certainly not least, um, our girl, Serena P. Uh, we got like a whole Canada simulation. Um, this is where simulation. I this is what I wanted to ask you because, you know, we, we learned that the, a toboggan is, you know, a sled and not a hat. 
we we saw them eat some poutine. Uh, we learned that eleven there are eleven points on a on a maple leaf flag. <laughs> so we learned a lot. You had such a reaction to again not to bring it up, but I'm going to the cardboard <laughs> cab. So ah! how did you feel about this Canada quiz? <laughs> I felt fine about the Canada quiz. What I found sad was that the um, ice skating rink was melting. <laughs> it was just like slosh. Like they were just like- I didn't even notice slosh. that. Are you kidding me? Alex, it was like literally melted. It was like slosh. And like every time they lift their sticks, it was like raining from the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> like everything was like melted. <laughs> I think this thing happens when sports comes on and that my head just gets like a little bit fuzzy and I don't like, <laughs> I just, Oh yeah. That was, oh yeah. Super like true to game <laughs> hockey games. I bet that's the kind of thing that and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, like a, a sports activity on a date is my worst nightmare. I could never do it, but I feel like a girl who's down for some sports, like play. Oh my God, that's like every guy's dream. Oh, oh no. Okay, well, <laughs> it's certainly Matt's dream, but I'm like, oh gosh, every guy. Oh, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> like, yeah, guys like love girls that like are down with sports. <laughs> Adam, like, like, would if you were like, hey, Adam, you, me, let's toss around the football in the backyard. Is that something that he'd want to do? I don't know, because it'll never happen. <laughs> I mean, I assume he's fine. <laughs> well, but um, yeah, this is like guys like love girls that love sports. This is like a thing. What you've never you don't you've never learned that before. <laughs> I feel like I was conditioned to believe that for the majority of my life, and I. Uh, always and I think there are parts of my existence where I was just like okay I'm not gonna need anybody because I don't I don't like sports like I don't want to play them like I'll watch a game with you like love a good football game um yeah well football is really more about like the pageantry mm. than anything for me at least <laughs> let me rephrase This goes, <laughs> this goes back to like hot people can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. If I were to walk into a room full of hot guys watching sports and mm -hmm. like sit down and like know what I was talking about, they'd probably be like annoyed and be like, get out of the, get out of here, girl. Like you don't know what you're talking about. But if I looked like any of these four women and walked into a room and started talking about sports, they'd be like, into it <laughs> oh this girl can hang with the guy yeah this girl oh. knows um fouls and flags and understands what's happening during the punts <laughs> like, shout out to all of our gal pals who actually like watching sports um, like know what's going on throughout the whole game i have like a basketball i pretty much have down Football is like a little net the whole time. I, I pretty know. I pretty much know what's going on the entire game. Um, baseball, 
is boring. I definitely don't know how to play it myself. I always get confused about when you should be running to the next base because sometimes they tell you not to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Football, I have like, I can give you a very general like outline of the game. I know, I know the concept of the game and I know, I know what you have to do to win, but I don't understand all the other kind of knickknacks and <laughs> like I don't know what the pocket is I'm just gonna say it <laughs> this has been sports commentary by Sarah and you're welcome everybody anyway. Uh, anyway guys like girls who like sports is all I say oh goodness oh wow so so anxiety inducing. I so then we see her go home, um, and she, you know, with her sister and her parents. Uh, her conversation with her mom, like, and the big deep hug that her mom gave her when she was being brutally honest about she's not sure if, what her feelings are for Matt, like, made me want to hug my mom. <laughs> I need my mom hug (laughs) please well and this was like so interesting to watch her conversation with her sister because her sister was like very very warm and kind to Matt and was like oh this is fun are you having fun blah 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 and I was like yeah like I just have to say you don't seem into it (laughs) well it it was incredibly fascinating because I think a lot of people you know when she was talking with her mom like obviously she she's still healing from like the trauma of her breakup with this other gentleman. And I think people, you know, sometimes create these narratives in their head where they're like, oh, am I like, is this the love of my life? But I'm not like it, my walls are up too high. And is that why I can't like get there with them? Or am I just not that into it? And I think Serena P's I don't want to diminish if her wall, like her experience with her walls being up, like, but every, the writing is on the wall. She's, she just wasn't into him. Like, I don't. She just, she wasn't into him. Like she was getting swept up by the experience and the romance of it all. But yeah, she just doesn't like him. I mean, she likes him, but I don't think she wants to date him. Um, And I think that's, oh, totally okay. And I think we witnessed something on the show that, you know, should be present in every relationship, but the formula doesn't really allow, whereas like two people make the decision to enter into a relationship. Um, And she actively chose not to. And I I really enjoyed her coming to honest terms with that. Yeah, yeah. I do think Matt was going to send Brie home and pick Serena P. Because he gave Brie the last rose? I just kind of felt like throughout the watching this, I was like, and I think probably that that honest moment with Brie's mother, like making him realize he like doesn't want to string anyone along. I think I just thought like, okay, it's going to be Michelle, Rachel, and Serena P. And then Serena P left and he gave Brie the rose. And like, yeah, I do. What I would have liked to see, what I would have appreciated more is if he wasn't going to give Brie the rose, like originally, if Serena P was there, if that's who he was really going to send home, then to have just sent her home. 
Like if he knew it was like Michelle and Rachel, I I wish he had just not given out a third rose. If if, if he in fact was going to pick Serena C. But yeah. I guess we'll never know. I mean, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. And he's never going to like he's there's no I can DM him, although I don't get I don't have a lot of return with that. <laughs> even like random Instagram influencers and bloggers, like they don't even answer me. <laughs> How dare they? No one answers me, but it's okay. I will try. But he will never admit to that because he can't, because he would be a monster. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I guess at this point, it just, he just seems so into Rachel that I'm just like I don't it's hard to know it, it to me it could have been any of the th those three girls that were going home oh interesting I definitely didn't think it was going to be Michelle okay yeah so I don't yeah I, I mean they're kind of teasing well we don't know if women tell all is going to air next week so I guess we'll just keep you guys posted on if we'll have an episode or not but um just in terms of like the rest of the season it, they're kind of teasing it seems like maybe him and Rachel have some sort of falling out because she like can't be here anymore and he's stressed out um I don't really know like the, his fenced up moment is him like crying on the curb next to Chris Harrison yeah that is our fence jump moment but we can't ever believe the yeah, I know we can't trust them. them we can't they're intentionally trying to manipulate us the whole time like I Sick of that. I'm sick of your games. Well, <laughs> <laughs> lady. <laughs> sick of your games. Yeah. Otherwise, this was like a pretty boring episode. Like it was just like Hope it is. It is always really boring. Unless it's it was really Rachel boring. And it was Dean, like the Rachel Lindsay Dean is like the last compelling. Actually, I'm I still can't really think or talk about that episode. Mm -hmm. That episode, like changed me in a way I wasn't anticipating or like or expected to stick with me as long as it did it's still really hard to talk about it yeah it's honestly, the only time I've ever been mad at her <laughs> I regret bringing it up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah classically hometowns are boring and I think fantasy suites are also really boring except for like the Hannah Luke P mm -hmm. one was it Luke P is that his name I think so. Luke P, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, yeah. so these people aren't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I wrote that guy off a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but there was a period of time where Luke P, if that is in fact his name, was consuming a good chunk of my thoughts. Living rent free <laughs> in, in my, my head. <laughs> my head rent free. I don't know. What's the lyric? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Free uh, rent living in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, she found it. Um, yeah, but otherwise, this is pretty straight down the middle episode. We'll just, you know, uh, I guess tainted with the fact that it's, you know, drenched in all of this controversy. Um, that's, you know, not fair to Matt. And yeah, end of sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. 
I don't. I, yeah, I know. There's not really not much else to say until next week, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. At this point, we're just sort of flying by the seat of our pants. So if there is a woman tell all episode, we will cover it. Um, but if not, I guess our Tuesday nights will just be like reading or something. Chill, chilling. <laughs> I'm listening to Jessica Simpson on audio open book on audiobook. Oh, so good! It's so good. I'll probably finish it before Tuesday, but yeah, she's awesome. She's amazing. That was well. I had like a whole moment this weekend because I like finally watched Framing Britney Spears, and then I started the audiobook, and I'm just like, wow, I'm like in it. Yeah, <laughs> you're living. In I am. Uh, yeah, I really am. And then I like went back and watched like all of Jessica Simpson's music videos. I did not appreciate her voice as a, I don't know what, 12 year old girl. <laughs> Probably, younger Probably younger. She's so, she's such a talent. Isn't she just? <laughs> At the end also, of her book, she sings. She like, uh, she sang on the audio book. I read that. Yeah. It's so good. I love her. I'm excited to keep listening. I'm about halfway through now. Well, if we don't have an episode. Oh, I know it's so crazy. Sorry. Well, if you don't have so... an episode next week, everybody should. We could it. we could talk about the book. <laughs> okay, another book club episode. <laughs> Sarah and I are just dying to read books. I, I that <laughs> nobody else cares about. Well, actually, that's not true. Open book was like such a big deal last year, and continues to truly be one of my favorite memoirs. Like I love it so much. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to leave us with just like another like humiliating story. This was humiliating. But the, so a few weeks ago, somebody chatted in my like Slack channel, like a Slack channel I'm on at work. and was like, hey, who watched Bringing Britney Spears? And she had been the only one at that point. And all of us were like, oh, my God, I got to watch it. Like all this stuff. So I messaged first thing Monday morning, like 830 in the morning. And I was like, guys, finally watch Bringing Britney. And I started Jessica Simpson's audiobook. Basically... I'm a mess. <laughs> like, we owe so many women apologies and like radio silence. <laughs> Somebody was finally like, oh, it sounds like you had a good birthday, Sarah. LOL. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. LOL. That's not what I want to talk-, <laughs> like, talk about right now. <laughs> we owe everybody an apology. Every woman in apology. That we any don't... woman, any like pop princess from late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, probably a lot more people than that, but that's just kind of the world I'm living in right now. <laughs> yeah, we build them up so we can tear them down, and we're pretty brutal when we do it. Um, oh my god, we are rough. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where I'm at. All right. My life. <laughs> I'm uh I'm just if we're talking about we're reading I'm reading um the sanatorium which is part of one of Reese's book club picks yeah are you liking it yeah I'm only about like according to Goodreads I'm about 17 percent of the way through so I there's still a lot that needs to happen but ultimately what I'm really appreciating about it so far is it's moving at a slower pace but it is so atmospheric it's this like thriller murder mystery that takes place in a newly erected hotel that was once a sanatorium for uh, tuberculosis patients. So there's like a sterile darkness that like, and it takes place in the Swiss Alps. So like there's this sterile darkness, like within the building. And then it's, you're just surrounded by like 
snow and grayness and it's like I mean I live in happy sunny LA so I'm I appreciate the snow imagery but um, yeah wait yes this is hard to hear because us people who are living in the snow are like how dare you <laughs> but it is incredibly spooky and I'm just like really enjoying the vibe of it so okay cool all right I'll have to add that um about Hillary Clinton's political thriller. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, I forget when they say it's supposed to come out or maybe they're just writing it. I don't really know, but I'm going to read that probably. Okay. I was reading like a lot of like murdery stuff and I just kind of like needed a little bit of a break. I think I'll get back to it, but my okay. whole first month was just like murder, murder, murder. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, right now, like we are living in such a, everyone do you when it comes to whatever content you need to consume, like. Yeah, totally. Also, this is a spoiler alert for a book that I read. So if you're planning to read, they wish they were us. Please don't listen to the next 20 seconds. Alex, are you going to read it? Maybe. Oh, okay. Then I won't spoil it. Say it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't say okay. it. I know, but it's, uh, I do, it's something that I have to talk about. So can you just read it? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I'll read, it. I'll read it. And then you can have a private conversation about it. Um, okay. Well, uh, great. So if this is like, if we don't have an episode next week, we'll be reading. Right, great. right, 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 right. Okay. We'll see you guys sometime. We'll see. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe. And of course, the journey doesn't end here. Follow us on social media at Sarah Elizabeth Franklin and at Alex Ryan Frank. See you later. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire. <laughs>